morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul, Angeline, and today we're talking about a question that Saul found, or right, and it was GMs and in-character dialogue. Correct. What was the question? How do I do it? <laughs> yes, the person who had been GM for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and he said that he had a real tough time in the dialogue when he played the NPC, when the player characters would interact with NPCs and they would discuss things, he had a hard time coming up with stuff to say and how to answer and how to react to the questions or the conversation the PCs were having with his NPCs. Okay, well, that could be a problem because (laughs) as the GM, that's the way you give out information. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a major part of, of role-playing, right? And it is very hard to come up with. A... So one of the people, when, when you when you talked about this, I, I read a couple things, people talking about it. And one guy said, it's really hard to voice PCs differently between each different PC, or, or not PCs, NPCs differently. Right. So they don't all sound the same. And and one guy said he encourages his players to talk in character as the character, but he has a hard time doing it as the GM, which I thought was interesting. Well, the problem I see as a GM when you are a GM, when you're running the game, is character players only have one character to voice or to act as, where the GM has everybody else to deal with. Right. That could be problematic. I think this guy's issue was that he just couldn't interact and talk to him. And and no matter what, he wasn't even trying to use voices. I don't think he was even, that wasn't even on the radar. That wasn't even on the radar. Right. He was just saying he had problems having a dialogue as an NPC with his player characters or his players. And I think there's all kinds of reasons for something like that to happen. And... Some of the answers that I think this was this was on Reddit, so people were answering them, and some of the answers were pretty interesting. I had never thought about it. Every GM has a problem every once in a while answering what the PCs are throwing at them. Well, it's, one, you're they're asking questions, right? So you don't always know what question they're going to ask. And, exactly. And two, how much information do you want to give them, or what is the what is your what is the goal of this encounter, right? Are they going into this store to buy something and gossip about what's going on? Or are they interrogating someone to figure out something, right? <laughs> so what is the what is the information that you are willing to provide and how do you do it right then and there? Wow, I hadn't even thought about that. But you're right. As a GM, you don't know who they're going to get interested in. They could go into a store, ask for something, buy something and leave. And you could say something and they could just go off on it. And it has nothing to do with the game. And you didn't mean to send them that way, right? Or that that does happen. Like I said, they could go in somewhere, grunt at the at the innkeeper or the, the one that you wanted them to talk to. Maybe. And they leave. And then uh, or they could like, oh, I see, you know, do you have this? And they're like, well, why don't you have this? This would be a part, you know. The conversation could start, and and as a GM, you are totally unprepared for this encounter because this isn't the person that's given the information. Or it, why would this innkeeper not innkeeper? Why, why would they know? <laughs> well, yeah, why would they have that information that the PC for some reason thinks that this person has? 
So there's a lot of quick thinking on your feet. And if you're a little bit nervous about talking in general with having a dialogue, then it's really tough, right? I think one of the best ones, one of the best remedies for this that I saw and that we talked about was the third person. Yes. Talking as the third person, in the third person, right? Right. So they want to talk right. to this this NPC that you're not prepared or have no information that you want this PC to give out. You have two choices. You can either move the information to this PC or NPC and just have them give it to them because <laughs> it's the easiest, right? Or you could like talk in the third person and go, well, this person is going to tell you this. Right. And they don't seem like they have the information you're looking for. Right. Right. And I, and I thought that was pretty... Uh, what is it? It was a pretty good idea, and I liked it because it it kind of unloads this idea that that the GM has to be acting and has to be responding uh, in a, in a in real time, right? Right. When you are narrating from the third person, you're like, oh, you're or, or uh, yeah, you're take your time, and it seems like a lot of weight is off your sh- acting shoulders, which makes a lot of people nervous, I think. So it's when, a way to step back and, yes. and and still interact without having feeling that pressure of it. Right, right. And I think uh, I think it was pretty, that's a really good idea. Uh, well, another person was saying how they are nervous when they play, the, run the game as a GM and, and the idea of talking with all these different uh, as all these different NPCs so they just talk to themselves like when they're in the car driving and stuff if they have a long commute and I never thought about that I never thought about uh, that is an excellent idea yeah it is an excellent idea because I and every once in a while when I'm coming up with my games that I run at cons or any game I kind of think well this this is going to be an important NPC who is this person and I think about how they're going to talk about what they could say. But you probably like do that. it in your head and not actually I do it in, in my the car. Head. I do it in my head. Yes. And I do it in my head because I don't, because I'm home, right? Or I usually do it like as I'm going to bed for some reason. Uh, I as read. You're falling asleep. Yeah. And uh, that's probably not the best way to do it. But this idea of talking to yourself, having a dialogue, having going through how they would answer and all these things. So you're practicing. Practicing, exactly. But the the only the only ba- drawback to that that I can see is that when you're practicing, you might get this idea of, of how the the actual player character is going to ask questions. Yes. And just be aware that the players are never going to ask you the questions you think they're going to ask you. They're going to ask you something else. So you might want to go through a bunch of scenarios in your head and or out loud in the car and just know that they may not ask any of the questions you're right. thinking that they're going to ask. Yes. And and I think responding to different ways and stuff like that and, and speaking them is very uh, useful because it gets you in that, it gets you, puts you in that moment of speaking and responding. And so when you actually do it during game, it's not like the first time. So, you know, it's kind of like you are used to it. Right. When, and the thing about Bless you. The thing about NPCs is that I think it's important for everybody to know. Um, you, as a GM, don't get too attached to certain P- NPCs. Like, even if they're the the person who's giving out information, and you want the people to interact with them, 
um, and you really, really like this this NPC, <laughs> you know, maybe the characters aren't even going to notice them. Or even if they're standing in front of them, they're not going to, they may not interact the way you think they would, right? Right. So be prepared to not be disappointed by that, right? Right. Because if you're, if you're, if you're practicing talking as this piece NPC, then nobody wants to talk to this person. They just walk right by them. Don't feel, don't don't let that get to you, right? Just move the right. information to somebody else, or move that NPC. Just change their name to the next person they talk to, right? Right. And I think th- that's an interesting thing that you have is have a list of NPCs, their names, right? And and the name will tell tell you a lot. It, it'll and maybe what they do, right? And and just that kind of tidbits of information will help you be ready to when people approach your NPC and start talking to them to be able to respond. And I think that helps greatly. Another person had an interesting idea also was to to think of an archetype. And I thought this was pretty brilliant because it really shortcuts a lot of the what the GM has to do, right? Like I said, if you have a, a name, occupation that they do. Names are important because a lot of times people go, what's his, what's yes. this, what's his name? And, and like Saul will go, this is Bob or this is Bob too. Or, right, because you're like, I didn't think of any names. I didn't think you were going to talk to this person. And it never even came up into my mind, right? And the problem with that is, is that when players s- s- realize that, oh, this is an inconsequential NPC. This is, we're wasting our time talking to him because obviously Saul They're going to move on. <laughs> obviously Saul didn't give him a name. And it's not that. It's Saul didn't give anybody names because he <laughs> was running this, you know, coming up with the uh, I did adventure. five minutes ago. <laughs> the adventure, like, you know, right before we start playing. And so I usually do a lot of uh, of thinking ahead of time and stuff like that. But one of the things I have learned, and I still sometimes forget, is to have a list of names of anything. And anybody they come across. Now, you should have some not un- inconsequential NPCs or, or important NPCs that have names, that have information or whatever they have a, a little bit of a blurb about who they are why they're there what their motivations are maybe even that far but even like uh i know that, i know that you've done it where where you, when you were under pressure you yes. thought of a uh, of the we i think what the it was the six nations was on so you thought of a uh, rugby team names yeah. right not the team names the but the players names that you knew right and most of the people here have no clue as to who these are. If you say, you know, whatever the name is, right. Johnny May, then you're not going to, that's fine. If you can think of something that you know, like your favorite American football team <laughs> or the England England's rugby team or Scotland's rugby team, and you know their right. names, then you could use those names, right? Yeah, and I did that because, like, I I know that I should have a list of NPC names and stuff like that, and I just forgot. And I, or I couldn't find them in my notes. And so when I was under the gun, they go, oh, who, what's this secretary's name? I go, and I had that <laughs> moment of dread. I go, oh, and I started looking, you know, I was flipping through <laughs> my pages of my notes. And then I thought about, oh, the rugby, the England, it was England, or it might have been Scotland. And uh, who's the number 10? Owen Farrell. Scotland? 
Scotland is uh, Finn Russell. Finn Russell. That's the name I used. And so once I, I thought about that, I go, well, I don't know why I thought of Finn Russell. But I'm like, well, because we, we just watched it. we just watched it. Right. And uh, I go, oh, that's what I'll do. I just use everybody on the team. And so when people were asking me, oh, what's this person's name? I go, I, 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 just, and I would just blurt it out. And they're like, and it's, it's different reaction from the players when when you blurt out names that like, oh, yeah, this guy's name's Johnny May. That was Finn Russell. And then uh, and you're just shooting out the names like no problem. They're like, wow, this guy really thought out. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it gives the players the confidence that these people actually have information or, oh, or, that they're, going the right or they're going in the right direction. Right. Whereas if they go, what is what is this guy's name? John Smith. Then you're oh, like, oh, and it's not even John Smith. You go, uh, 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 <laughs> uh yeah, uh, John, <laughs> uh, pencil. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's terrible. And I think that comes from uh, not thinking on your feet. Well, and, and you can prepare yourself to prevent that from happening. So that's one of the things that I would suggest is having a list of names. And, and uh, I recently ran a, a pin dragon game for some peoples. Okay. And I, I had I had one of my settings was in, a, in um, an abbey. So I, I took the time and... I love medieval history because that's my thing. Um, so I picked out names from different abbeys and different different people that I knew, right? Real people. Real people. Okay. Which helped me not only to it was kind of like an archetype, right? Yeah. Because I had the I knew the names, right? One was was Matilda, and and so I knew the name, I knew the personality for the abbess, and I just went with it, right? But that had a lot to do with the fact that I thought about what would their names be because names in Pendragon are important. Right. And the whole idea of archetypes, because the whole reason I even mentioned all this stuff, is that as a, as a GM, you usually have to come up with all this stuff. Right. right. And that's, I wouldn't call it cheating, but using real, real world names. That, I think it's uh, a way to, I, don't, I wouldn't call it cheating. I would call it a way to to inspire yourself for that NPC, right? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying... So you can remember who they are when it's time to talk I, to them. I agree, but what I'm saying is that that there is some work involved when you do that. When you come up with a name, when you come up with a background. But the archetype, it really does, again, just like practicing the dialogue and the conversations, you are able to get a lot of stuff off your shoulders that you don't have to worry about because they're real people or they're the archetype is is something something you know like if you know that you're going to have a dwarf that is is going to be talking to people you can come up with the idea of oh i'm going to use gimli from lord of the rings yes from the movies right this is and so you have that's that's a kind of archetype right right and then what what that does i think is it alleviates any kind of like Coming up with stuff, right? You already know what Gimli's like. You you can embody that kind of a, a, a image in your head more easily, and you have something to go on that you didn't come up yourself. You know, and and there's all kinds. Of, you know, you could think of like uh, uh, Bruce Willis from, from the whole Nine Yards. You know, he plays this like the, a thug or somebody from uh, the the mafia, or and, Bruce Willis from. Um the Christmas movie, Die, Die Hard. Hard. <laughs> right. And so um, uh, the thing is, when you when you look at 
those kind when you use those kinds of what we call archetypes, it's not just the name; it's the whole personality. Right. It's the whole. Uh, background of the character and there's endless archetypes i mean any book you've read that you really like the characters right or any movie that you've seen any television show there's all kinds of characters out there right that you can um use as the as that right you just change the name and boom you have a you have a f- fully fleshed out npc in your head because you've already seen that movie probably more than once uh you've already read that story or know that character pretty well and it's not that much of a leap to go from knowing that character to like pretending to be that character right. as a gm and i and i i really like that idea i really like when i when i saw it somebody posted that reply i'm like that is pretty brilliant because like i said it, a, a lot of the heavy work is already done you just you just got to change the name maybe you know, some some of your characters or some of the people in your head or some of the characters you know from fiction, from movies might be really obscure and you can just use the name right out of the bag. Or you could be Sherman T. Potter. Right. And some and so if if you are uh If you uh, know the reference then you're my age. <laughs> yeah, but a millennial millennial won't have a clue as to Or a Gen Zer. <laughs> right. Or yeah, anybody Gen Gen Xer or or, or younger. Is Gen, Gen Xer. What, anybody after Gen Xer would know who Sherman T. Potter, and then again, maybe not because like, they didn't watch that show. They didn't watch that show. That was a show that was around uh, when I was 80s. young, yeah. and uh, and some people didn't watch that show. Like Maud. Now Maud was on when I was a kid. If you use Maud as a character, <laughs> as a character type, Saul is going to be like, Ugh. and well, just call her Maud too. <laughs> I would I would know I know the name but but the thing was that 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 show was on when I was a kid and I only watched it and I wouldn't say I watched it because <laughs> back when we were young we only had one TV in the home and, and the someone pers- else was in charge of it and the, my older sister was in charge of watching everything so whatever she watched we all watched or ignored the television did other stuff and so see that that gives you all kinds of ideas right it gives me all kinds of ideas because then you can do you could be George Jefferson from the Jeffersons right. or Archie Bunker or uh, or Edith or Edith right so those gives you if you've watched those shows and whatever shows you watch like if you watch Supernatural, you could be Dean Winchester. Right. And that gives you the kind of, the way you want to to present this NPC, right? Yes. And that not only does it help you to have it in your head that this is what the this NPC is going to be like, because then when someone asks you a question, you know their name, whatever name you give them, and you could use the, the original, the name from the archetype, or you could change it if you want to be incognito. And then that gives you a way to play the character without having to be on the spot, right? So if you just look at different NPCs that you're going to have in your game and and figure out how you want them to respond to people before the game, then if you are surprised by your players of running into something, somebody, and they might have passed up one of those NPCs, right. you can just put that, that character right there. Yeah, it is a really amazing idea, and something that I had maybe I incorporated in it without even thinking about it. But the fact that this person wrote out the answer and he gave quite a bit of examples from 
from Gimli to modern stories to ancient stories. And, you know, this person obviously been a GM a while. And I was like, I was really taken by, by how, what a great idea that was and how easy it is to use that. I think a lot of people use that without knowing yes. that yes. they're doing it, right? Because right? yeah. I I do that all yeah, the time. Yeah, you do that with that. With that uh... I did it when that, with, with the Abbey because I was yes. thinking about how, how I know how an abbess acts. And then I had a, a nun who was into science, right? And so I, I totally, that character was fun for me because I'm like, this is what they would think and this is what they would do. And, and I just went with it. I did have a hard time in that game because a couple of the NPCs were talking to each other and that freaked me out because they were people were trying to ask them questions at the same time, right? So they were talking at the same time. So I went to third person without even thinking about it because I was like, okay, I can't answer myself. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that doesn't, that's very difficult to do and sometimes uh, you can get a little bit. Because then you feel schizophrenic, right? You're talking <laughs> well, to Well, I don't feel that way, but, but I, you, you don't want to be uh doing that too much right even if you're giving information to the players uh having players sit silent while you role play two different people is probably not the height that's not what you want to do because it it'll it'll your your players will go huh and you're going i I don't really don't want to be doing this (laughs) so the the that idea like i said is really cool because you could really do shortcut a lot of stuff that you may want to do as a GM, come up with a background, come up with a name. I think it's pretty a cool way of dealing and shortcutting a lot of stuff that a GM has to do usually. Now, I like, I always say this about GMing, that it's a skill that you should learn. It's called improvisation. But if you're having problems just having a dialogue, there's also other avenues that you can take if you're still in school. Like either college or high school, you could take a speech class. I still remember my speech class from community college or junior college. We called him Fraser Crane, but his last name was Crane, not Fraser. But uh, Crane, I forget his name. He was a super funny guy, very very uh, bubbly personality, funny, and he was great at getting people to talk. And if and if you're not in school and you really want to learn to talk to people, there's something called Toastmaster, which oh, wow. a lot of people use. And I didn't know it still existed, but just a few years ago, one of my uh, someone I worked with went to Toastmaster to really? improve their speaking ability. Yeah, and and that's pretty amazing. Uh, I think just getting up and talking in front of people, and I know it is difficult to do, but getting over that inhibition or, or that nervousness and just doing it really does help like that guy practicing in his car talking his dialogue this is really can help you out quite a bit is this talking in front of people even in a non-gaming setting Cause- well and if you're from a big family it's easier to talk to people because <laughs> you have to speak up to be heard right because there's sometimes when you're sitting in a a Christmas party or something with, with your whole yeah you do <laughs> and you have to actually speak up to be heard because there's speak so up. many people talking speak up yes I think uh, that is an unfair advantage that people with large families have or bolsterous families but I think the most important part is that it, it, that you practice speaking in front of people and that's why I, I like the idea of Taking a class in speech or Toastmasters, that's exactly the same thing. You're getting in front of people and talking. And even though you're nervous right before it happens and you might be nervous while you're doing it, 
the fact that you're used get used to doing that, I think can really help you out in just talking. Well, and if people. you're GMing, you're doing that, right? right? You're talking to people, and if you're if if you're uncomfortable with different parts of it, you just have to practice, right? Right. And another thing about archetypes that I was going to say yeah. was that you can look in your real life, like your coworkers and <laughs> yes. and people like that. So if there's someone that you find interesting at work, you could use that person. Right. Um, Everybody has a personality. They, the, the, the people at your gaming table may or may not know these people, right? Right. Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't make any of the NPCs like someone at your table. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. And then, they and might I, notice. I did talk about improvisation. Uh, there is books on improvisation. There's this book called uh, Improvisation for Gamers. It is easy to get into. They start about, they talk about the introductions about playing games like icebreakers and stuff like that. Getting you as a GM used to talking and 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 speaking in front of people and and breaking that nervousness, right? Because like a lot of times when you are, you know, at a convention or at a at a game store and you're running the game usually that's where you usually have problems speaking in front of because you don't know the people right right? if you're having problems in front of your friends then probably you just need more practice and you need to deal with on that issue but i think i think one of the things when you're playing with your friends a lot of times a lot of times if you're playing in a gaming group that you've been playing with forever it might not it might not be but sometimes like i know felipe really likes people to be in character and he likes to play in character and i think it frustrates him sometimes that that some of us don't do that right right that it's a it's a meta gaming session today because i don't feel like playing in character that kind of thing right yes so if you want your players to play in character for their their player characters then as the as the gm you should think about trying to do that and that makes a lot of gms nervous and i think that's what this guy's talking about right so he wants his he's he encourages his players to do this oh that's true so he's trying to do it himself right making it putting more pressure on him to come up with how do i do this in a good way without being nervous right and we talked about that we talked about playing uh running game characters in character and as a gm you have to uh if that's what you're going after, then if you're putting this weight on the players that they should talk in character and you're just talking normal voice and right. never breaking any kind of uh, – it's just your own voice and your own style, then I think that that's not very fair to ask your players to do that and you're not even trying or you have such great difficulty that you can't do it. I think you should try and and lead by example, right? Right. Like Felipe does. Like every game that he wants to be in character, he'll obviously be in character, yes. right? He'll what is it? Really stand out and and talk in his his character's voice and stuff like that. Change his name. I mean, change his vo- vocal patterns and stuff. And I think that's I think that's fun. I I, I actually never used to really when I first played D and D for. Dozens, a dozen, a dozen year, ten, fifteen years. I never played. I never talked in character. Every once in a while, I'd laugh, like, rrr, rrr. but for the most part, I just say, "Hey, I'm going to go through, do this and do that." And role playing was not a big aspect of my. Well, you were doing it a third person, right? Right. I'm going to go do this. I guess every once in a while we would like we would interact as our character, but there was no voice. Right. Well, right. You, and you don't. 
uh, and you don't have to have a, a different voice as uh, like if if you're uncomfortable with that as the player right or the GM figure out a way to do it to disseminate the information or ask the questions you can say you just walk up to someone and say you ask your question you can ask it in your normal voice it's not like a right right you don't have to be, have a weird voice or do voiceover work and be a voice actor kind of thing. You can just change the way you talk a little bit and that'll make, that'll be different enough that they're like, Oh, so this, this is this character. Right. I mean, it could be just, you know, somebody you talk with a whisper or you talk a little bit louder than normal. And, and and it's, and it's that easy. And I think that more recent in the more recent years with actual plays and different things, especially with the voice actors one, right. That kind of, put it into people's heads that they need to do this. But before that, people were talking about role-playing in-game, right? right? You should be playing your, your player character as the player character right. and not as you saying that they're going to do this. Right. But it became more more visible with actual plays. Right. But if you watch a lot of actual plays, the people do not do that. Normal actual Normal, plays. yeah. <laughs> Uh, they, I, they 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 slip in and out. They'll, they'll sometimes they try, but they yes. don't stay in yeah. that character yeah. the whole time. Just like a regular game in in a table. Yeah, at your in, home in your home, right. right? That expectation that everybody's in character all the time when you're at the table when it's not a production. Yeah, is is it's usually doesn't exist. Right. And I've heard of people saying, "Well, anything where you're sitting at the table, anything you say, I'll take it as." in-game thing right and a lot of that has to do with too much side conversations happening yeah. and, and you're and the gm i not that's that all I, does that's all goes are you, are you are you are you actually saying that in game yeah and, and then the, and the person always goes whoever it is goes oh no <laughs> i go then shut it <laughs> you're uh, not there i like that one uh, a lot of that has to do with just like i said you're trying to usually i'm trying to limit side conversations or information being given to the person who's Actually acting in there <laughs> acting uh the, the the spotlight's on somebody and they're maybe by themselves or the party is uh, what they're split the party yeah and somebody from the other group is trying to chime in telling them what to do or giving them advice and i'm like hey you're not there you can't say anything and then they quickly shut up right usually so i think the idea of improvisation can help you a lot it's a skill, and like any skill and anything else, just practice, practice, practice. I think all these things, if you incorporate them into your game, into your way of your style of GMing, will help you improve your NPC portrayal. And when you are having a dialogue with your player characters as an NPC, if you incorporate these things, practice, read books aloud and stuff like that i think it'll help you not be so nervous because i think that's the ultimate thing that is happening with this person and a lot of people is that they're nervous about getting messed up or mixing mixing it up not mixing it up but messing up the npc and you just got to get over it you got to get over that hump of, of nervousness I'm one that sh shouldn't talk, right? Because every time every time I go to a convention and I run a game, I'm really super nervous up until the game starts. As soon as the game starts, just I'm along for the ride. But right up to, uh, Jolene will tell you, about two hours before the game, I start getting a little antsy. 
You just want to walk away from him and let him go <laughs> to the room and, until his game starts. I usually have some last minute things I want to do. So I open my notebook. I put some notes in there and I go to my game early. I think all of these are good ideas. Practicing in your car, talking it out out loud is a good idea because it gives you an idea. Um, if you really get nervous, switch to the third person and then your your players aren't even going to realize that you're that you were going to do something, a voice or have a character be a certain way because you just decided to you couldn't. It was in the moment you're like, OK, that's not going to work for me. I'm just going to this is what they tell you. <laughs> Or yes. and, and picking a character archetype to go with your NPCs is always a good idea. That's a good idea for players too, picking some kind, yeah. of, kind of way to to play your character. So it's not just you doing it, right? Right. No, that's that's a good idea. If you and stick with it, right? Stick, yeah. Have that in the back of your mind of what your character's like, and keep using that as a as a filter to play your character. So hopefully, some of these ideas will help you. Um, if you're trying to come up with ideas of how to run your NPCs. Right. And getting used to dialogue. I think, like I said, everybody gets nervous. You just got to get over that hump and practice, 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 I think will help you. At least you may not get not nervous, but you will, you won't be as nervous. and It'll be easier. Yes. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get that. that the uh, comfort level. The comfort level to, to be unacceptable so you don't get all nervous and hemmed up and like, uh. uh. Bob. Bob. There you go. So there you go. Good luck. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And you have a good day.